London Calling, London Walks Connecting. This is London. Story time, history time. I am at the in the crypt room of St. John's, the parish church of Hampstead. And uh, I think it was, just to paraphrase Shakespeare ever so slightly, it's the uh, play that's going to catch the consciousness of the listener. So uh, the play, the musical, is My Fair Lady. And it opens on Thursday, I think. We'll just get that verified in just a minute. It's uh, going to be here at St. John's, the parish church. Uh, And I've got the director uh, with me, uh, Ashley Cullen. And uh, so, Ashley, why don't we do the, the basics, right, to start with? Can you tell us what time it opens and, and th- how long the run is for and do, do all of that stuff? And then we can repeat that at the end just to make sure everybody gets it. I appreciate that, of course. Thank you, David. So the, the opening night is exactly Thursday, the 30th of November, and it opens at uh, 7 p.m. The doors open and the show begins at 7.30 and we have the performance that evening, um, same on Friday, and then we have two more performances on Saturday. We have a 2pm open on Saturday, 2.30 show starts, and then the final performance will be at 7.30pm. And presumably they can get tickets at the door, but what if they want to get them online? Is that possible? That's certainly possible. If you just visit hampstedplayers.org.uk and follow the link that says Ticket Source, and you can purchase your tickets, and uh, as usual, uh, since uh, our history, uh, the end of every year, we make a nice donation to the Hampstead Parish Church um, from the ticket sales as well. So it is for a good cause as well as for the love of the arts. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Now, Ashley, uh, let's, what about you? Do, you? do you have a day job? Uh, <laughs> My day job's probably not as interesting, David, as the show. <laughs> well, that's all right. I want to know about you. Uh, yeah, a little bit about me. Okay. Um, so I'm, uh, I've actually been in sales and marketing um, for nearly 20 years. Um, I, I work full-time for a consultancy in uh, Shoreditch, London. Um, we focus in the employee benefits and the insurance sector. And um, yeah, and I've just recently been made partner in a new sister company of the group, so that's exciting. Um, so that's my that's my exciting day job. And what what about the the, the theatre? How how far back does your love of the theatre go? Then yeah, absolutely. So I was in, um, very humble that my my mother felt I had a lot of energy growing up as a little boy, and she felt at the age of five she wanted to find a conduit to channel that energy. Uh, so she uh, arranged for me to join a performing arts school where I'm uh, originally from in Essex. Um, and that was a great school of mixed abilities called La Dance Fantastique. And they have um, uh, children in certain classes that have special needs and other students that are able-bodied, um, which is great to have that exposure as a child um, as, as, as well. So, yeah, I, I was involved there and I, I studied throughout all of my life um, with the Imperial Society Teachers of Dance, Ballet, Tap and Modern. I've taken exams almost to, aside from the final exam, to become a teacher if I wanted to. Uh, I've also sat uh, drama examinations with Lambda and Guildhall um, up to silver level. Um, and I've also been a professional singer um, around Essex and London. I also play the piano, the keyboard, the organ. 
And um, I've been in musical theatre productions from the age of five uh, right up to the age of 26. Uh, it, sometimes once every other year, sometimes once or even maybe at most twice a year. And I did a, I did a, a ballet with the London Children's Ballet Company. It's another charity. have deep ties with the Royal Ballet School. Um, and I was... I auditioned from my little performing arts school um, when I was a teenager in, in a small town in Essex and I got a part in the peak, to be in the Peacock Theatre um, in 2005 and it was Oscar Wilde's Canterville Ghost converted to a ballet with a 50-piece orchestra. So I did eight performances back to back of that as well. I hope at some point I, I get to introduce you to Mary, my wife. She was, uh, you know, she's a ballet dancer. Amazing. She's okay. crazy about ballet. She oh, absolutely, absolutely loves it. So what about the directing then? When, when did all that come about? <laughs> yeah, so I've always, uh, as you probably guessed by now, I've always been um, grateful to great, you know, good parts throughout my, my life and to be on the stage. And when I was 16, I got a taste of being... Uh, backstage actually assisting a, a very accomplished director with the, it's, it's an American uh, biblical musical, funnily enough, called Godspell. And uh, I was the assistant director of that. Uh, and it was in the, run in the South End Theatre. It was about six performances over a period of days. And, and that gave me a taste for that part of the, the arts. Um, and I really think when I, I took a break for about three years from performing anything, because I needed to have you know, been in it since I was five, never took a break. Um, when I moved to the city, um, I then, my partner felt like, <laughs> she said to me, I feel like there's something in your life that's missing. Um, I think you know that there's a part of you that's missing and it's your love of the arts. And uh, so she, bless her, uh, helped research online about various um, amateur dramatic companies around this the end of the free area where we live and stumbled across Hampstead Players back in 2019. And to come long story short, David, I, I, I joined the group. Uh, I started with a Shakespeare with Macbeth, um, played the first murderer and some other parts. Uh, and then the next play was The Sound of Music, the musical, uh, here in the church. And I played Rolf from the production. So I was uh, 17 going on <clears throat> 31. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was interesting. Anyway, uh, that was with the orchestra. And I really just thought, I really want to direct now. I want to do something that I can say, obviously within the remits of, of the production and the license, understandably, um, but I wanted to have my vision finally put on a stage. And uh, and then I, I joined the, the, as a trustee on our committee of the Hampstead Players. And, you know, we've been here since 1976. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, as a charitable organisation. Um, you know, we, we were founded uh, actually by a lovely couple back in the 70s called Graham and Sue Dowell. Um, and they wanted to uh, help with the mission of the church by by expanding a music program into into drama, and uh, we we're actually the friends of drama, the Hampstead Parish Church as a charity, but we we labelled as the Hampstead Players uh -huh. for promotional purposes, and um, and yeah, and then I, when I was made a committee member, I felt like now's the time. I feel I'm ready to to uh, to go for it and. Here I am. Yeah. So the Hampstead <laughs> players have been going for nearly 50 years now. Nearly 50 years, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And is it is it just one production a year or, or, or what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we do two productions every year. Okay. And um, by no, no, no reason why, but musicals aren't on a frequent basis in terms of productions that we present. It's more often wonderful plays from expanding from Shakespeare to, to Sophocles right through to Noel Coward, um, 
you know, and even up to Bernard Shaw, uh-huh. funnily enough. And, uh, and, and really, musicals that we've done in the past are Oliver Twist, The Fiddler on the Roof, and The Sound of Music. Uh-huh. So this would be the fourth musical, I think, from my understanding, that we have done over our nearly 50-year history. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so how did this musical get chosen then? <laughs> yeah, so when I was uh, 14 years of age, um, I did a scene where we basically got to choose um, uh, scenes from any musical we wanted as a group with this amateur dramatic company backing Essex. Um, And at the time they said, pick your own scene from a musical with your group, uh, work on a scene, you can sing in it. If it's just dialogue, that's fine. And present it, you know, it's like a little scene showcase, Uh if you will. And um, and, and we were given, we were given a list of musicals to choose from. um, And we thought, let's go for My Fair Lady. Because I remember seeing the, the movie, of course, uh, I know it was it was released in I think 1956 with um, Rex Harrison and Audrey Hepburn, uh-huh. um, and and I remember watching the movie when I was a little boy, and I loved the the score, I loved all the songs, and and, and how witty it was, you know. And Bernard Shaw's mind, of course, is amazing, and I remember that, and I said, let's go for that, and I play Colonel Pickering. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so that was when I think my love for this musical began. And but you're not playing a part in this. You're just directing. Yes, it's it's actually a funny story because a lot of the cast are saying, "How do you fight the urge to not uh-huh. at least do a cameo?" Uh, and I thought, you know, the the, the <laughs> technically being a director, if you really want to go down that path, you could just give yourself a role. But sure. actually, from my perspective, I felt um, I really want the cast to just work hard with them and, and you know have my vision presented on the stage with all of their wonderful input and and watch them really flourish during uh-huh. the performances you know and i felt everybody's different i know there are stephen burkoff there are other directors of, of uh, theatrical productions that are, put themselves as well in their own shows fair enough but i felt for me it was better just to to let them have their moment and uh, i wanted to just yeah i wanted to step back after um, when it, when opening night happens, in a way, my work is done, and I wanted to just sit back and watch all of their all of their hard work uh-huh. and and ours in the backstage as well. Right. So, was there a group that kind of met a few months ago and you thrashed around ideas and you ended up with? Is that how it worked? Actually, I wish it was. I wish it was done in that short space of time. Um, but actually, uh, I I started on this last year. Really? Yeah, I, it got to about November time, and. Um, Funnily enough, I originally looked at various different musicals. Um, one that was potentially in the mix was Joseph, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, but I felt with our group of, of such talented actors, and yes, talented singers, but a lot of talented actors, I felt like a, a, a play with songs, if you will, um, would be more appropriate for our group to really show all of their, showcase all of their talent. Uh-huh. So um, I, I, I pitched for the My Fair Lady to the whole committee, myself, um, and when I when I did that, I a lot of pr- preparation. Of course, I had to contact Musical Theatre International, make sure the rights were there, and they were, and and they approved. And and, and I said, look, guys, we've got to jump on this quickly because the rights they go. Um, they're not you know, they, they, thankfully they can't have too many Amdram groups or you know in the same borough actually doing a show at the same time. So you get allocated exclusivity, which is great. For promotion and ticket sales but they that's what they said so we moved fast and and as soon as that happened began the the the, the daunting task of of as well finding an orchestra uh-huh 
And, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my associate director, Shireen Abdallah, is amazing. She actually has done a director's course and used Pygmalion as her her dissertation and her piece, which is, of course, what this, this musical is based on, uh-huh. I'm very sure. Um, and she uh, also is a violinist, uh, or learning, still learning to play the violin. Um, it was part of doing some ch- in the chambers and stuff like that. Uh, and her teacher um, is an accomplished violinist herself. And her, her nephew is Raphael Papo. Um, you're welcome to Google him. He's actually an award-winning violinist on an international level. Right. Um, he's played all over the world. Um, and he's, he's a genius, outstanding talent. And he has deep roots with London musicians. So he said, I would happily, he said to us, I will happily go to the Royal Academy of Music and I will find you skilled musicians that are still studying themselves, but skilled. Um, and they would love to be involved. I know they would. And now he's formed the entire orchestra with students from the Royal Academy of Music. I mean, you're calling this a, a, an amateur production, but this is obviously going to be at a very high level. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the thing is, is we've, I understand traditionally Amdrams, uh, you know, a lot of people, I wouldn't say the stigma, but I'd say people go, oh, it's friends and family, we'll go and give it a watch, you know, we'll support them, and, and, and that's great. But the thing with the Hampstead Players, and what I've, just from my own experience, and I joined in 2019, and what I've seen is all of the all of the cast and the people behind the scenes as well they they all come from a, a strong art, performing arts background a lot of them have been actors and retired uh-huh. um, a lot of them have deep roots with shakespeare and others uh, like royal shakespeare company i mean our chairman's done a lot of work with that um you know and i i felt like the standard is so high in this group um, and we have our audition process um, sometimes can be, take some time really? to make sure yeah to make sure we find the right talent um, but at the same time we, we you know we want just we're very fortunate I think to just always have good nice people that are doing it all for the love uh, and we get a lot of pros actually say say that in a, in a professional environment you're doing it for your paycheck it's very different you come to this group and you're you know it's so friendly the hamster players everyone's accepted everyone's in it together as a community um you know and and we're very fortunate to get some new members join each year um but we've still got those staple people that have been here for for many many years i mean one of our committee members his mum was one of the early one of the early members of the players as well and he's still he's documented and written down every single performance we've done since the 70s and he's kept all of that as well so there's a lot of passion here so this is a, a proper company in the in a proper sense of the, the word there's it coheres and stays together and Moves from production to production. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I think that you know we, um, of course, we are still much dramatic. So we we get we get we get it all a, a mixed bag of talent. But yeah, everybody really, really is willing, willing for this to be great every single show, and yeah, everyone yeah. gives their time. And we even have cast members that have actually given their time, including myself as well, to help. Uh, my partner, who's a childhood architect, actually help her construct and assemble the set. Yeah. Uh, right from that to, we've got people now in the other room, right as we speak, uh, working on hair and makeup and giving up their time on a Sunday night. Fantastic. You know, so everyone's in, everyone's in it together, and it's just it's such a great atmosphere. Yeah. Do you, Do you know the root of the word company, by the way? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd assume I'd assume company is within within good company, isn't it? So it's within well, friends. if you dig, if you drill down mm. deeper, you get pane, which means bread, okay. and com is with. So a companion mm. or to a company is someone you break bread with. 
So that that feels that yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So um, <laughs> what about the set and all of that? How are you doing all of that? Yeah. So um, traditionally we've had uh, we have people like Jane Gill who comes from a very artistic background. She works dressing art galleries all over the city, and she's got a brilliant eye for detail. Um, and she's always helped fundamentally with set. This particular production, um, my first production directing, of course, with the group, um, I, I wanted to keep the, the help from people that are established here right through to backstage management, like uh, Sheena Crane and Kim Borsell, who have always moved set around and props and figured out, oh, managed backstage for, for many years. Um, but I thought I wanted to bring my, my, my partner, um, Valeria Garcia, she was a chartered architect with Sir Michael Hopkins Architects, it's quite prestigious it's, uh, in, yeah, in the country, um, may he rest in peace. And uh, yeah, so she, I wanted to bring her into it because I knew if there's anybody that could get such a challenging task of presenting 1912 London on a stage in a church, it would be her, you know, mm -hmm. and she designed every detail, you know, Dave, right from Covent Garden Opera House was a quick example. You know, um, this is how a mind works. It's fascinating. So, modern day, the opera house has the um, what do you call the, the the sort of the squares, if you will, the windows, and they're very symmetrical. They're very vertical. Everything's as it is. But back in those days, there was actually little little bubbles around the window, so it wasn't completely. Um, symmetrical, and she's actually kept that amount of detail in. Wow! Now I'm not suggesting that everyone in the audience is going to be going. That's not the original Covent Garden from the early, <laughs> yeah, yeah. early 1900s. Yeah. But you know, though, anything like that, you know, all those little details we've taken fully into account to make to make it as aesthetically pleasing as we can. Uh huh. And what about St Paul's Covent Garden? Isn't that a, a, a setting in the play? Yeah, well? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, so more so, more so, the, the the Covent Garden Opera House, I think, is is the big set. We've even got right down to uh, the the early stages, the early days, in fact, sorry, of Ascot races. Huh. We've created where well, Valeria's designed um, these incredible arches, um, all painted beautifully white, and 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 these amazing white picket fences that are in sitting at the front, the edge front of the stage, you uh -huh. know, so as you're an audience member, you can sit there and you feel like, you know, you're hearing the horses right galloping by and you're sitting in the audience, you can see the picket fence, you feel like you're actually on the race course watching it, uh -huh. which, is, which is partly my idea and she helped me create that and I think that's, that's an interesting perspective. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, right through to creating um, uh, the Red Lion Pub in Tottenham Court Road. Um, you know, and I know there isn't a puppet on Garo, but we've created it like that. And and there's just all these little all these little details, um, right through to Mrs. Higgins' study. Um, and we've got this beautiful garden conservatory. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hopefully it's gonna be quite a spectacle for everyone. Oh, that's, that's, you're really wetting my appetite. <laughs> no, you seriously seriously oh, wow. seriously are. I can't can't wait. Um so we, yeah, Mary and I are going on uh, on Friday night. Uh, how many musicians? Yeah, sure. It's a good question. So we have, um, there are two options with the licensing company that they gave us. They said you can have the full orchestra, which I, I, I think is usually reserved for professional Broadway or West End productions, if you will. Um, or there's the alternative orchestra, um, which is, of course, used for more Andrum, I imagine, and sort of smaller productions. But for, for us, we, of course, being, being a charity, um, you know, our, our budget may 
appear modest, but you know, we, we were very resourceful. Um, so for us, a lot of favors pour, a lot of strings pour. And we have, in terms of musicians, we have a pianist who's a, who's a professional pianist. Uh, he's not a student. Um, our conductor is Aidan Coburn. Um, he is, in, in the, the musical and operatic world, he's very well respected. Uh-huh. Um, and he's also, because he, he graduated from Cambridge and he stayed on teaching music there and then Guildhall as well. And he's, he's our musical director of the whole show. I'm very fortunate to have him. He's been playing the piano for all the rehearsals, bless him, working on all of the, all of the songs. And also he's conducting the entire orchestra. So we'll have him conducting, a professional pianist. We'll have Raphael Papo, the award-winning violinist within the orchestra. Uh, we'll also have a, violin, a second violinist from the Royal Academy of Music. We'll have a, a cello player. Uh, we'll have a clarinet, a flute, and uh, I believe a trumpet as well. Um, and actually, with the, with the way the score works out, we're not compromising any part of the music by having just those or those uh, musicians. Those That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, when I was up here yesterday, mm. I finished a walking tour and I brought a couple in and I got into a chat with somebody and they mentioned something, somebody's got some National Theatre contacts or something. Got something from the National Theatre? Yeah, you? we have, yes. Go on. Yeah, yes. Amplify. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting, yes. So our uh, backstage manager, Sheena Craig, who I mentioned earlier, she's been involved in the players, I think, for nearly two decades now. Um, she has deep connections with the National Theatre in terms of backstage prop usage and hiring costumes and the uh-huh. like. And she's, she, they all know, she knows them all, they all know her very well. So they, they and they know being a charity that we are, especially, they, they're very generous when we want to potentially, you know, hire items from them. Um, so she arranged, she knew that there were specific specialist items we couldn't possibly find, like a, an original early 1900s phonograph, for example. They're not lying around, David, you know, in your <laughs> you Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. go, oh, I'll just pop down to Sainsbury's and there's one there. So that was one item yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, a beautiful early 1900s uh, sort of rosewood writing desk, you know, those traditional ones we got from, from there. Um, and a beautiful Chesterfield leather sofa and um, the list goes on there's some other items as well um, so we basically Sheena kindly put the feelers out in terms of what we really needed and they really accommodated for us they helped us even load our van with the items which yeah. they don't normally do for yeah, people yeah, which yeah. was really lovely uh, and then we we drove it all the way from Oval by the way where there anyone gets a chance sorry to do a little plug in there but if anyone ever is doing a production and you get a chance to go to the National Theatre's prop and, uh, and, and costume hire departments are in check it out like a treasure trove it's amazing but anyway so we collected everything from there and we drove all the way to the church here in Hampstead and started offloading them and now they're taking pride of place within you know it's it's common knowledge Mm. that uh, the Hammond High is the best local paper in the United Kingdom and it's beginning to sound to me like this company of players is probably the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story very quickly. Yeah, about yeah, do. The play. <laughs> so we did a, we did a, uh, um, I think it was last year or the year before. Uh, it was, sorry, it was 2021, I believe. Yeah, from memory. Anyway, it was in the summer. It was about May time. We did a cabaret of 60s and 70s music here in this crypt room. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the turnout was wonderful. We were very delighted with that. But anyway, we 
our associate director, which is um, Shireen Abdullah, as I mentioned earlier, she has really deep connections with Hammond High. She knows all of them, they know her very well. And she asked if they wouldn't mind coming on, take some photographs, maybe give us just, we weren't expecting anything. You know, we were like, oh, a little mention in the newspaper, even if it's online, what a, what a treat. You know, thanks for supporting us in the community uh, situation. Um, but they turned up, they sent up one of their, like apparently one of their best photographers. They took loads of photos. They, they interviewed, I was singing in that myself as well. They interviewed myself and Shireen, who was singing it, and others, uh, which was wonderful. And then, you know, we didn't, to our uh, amazement, uh, a week or so down the line, we got front page. And actually, it was the time of the Jubilee, so it might have been even, yeah, 2022. It's time of the Jubilee, and the Queen was pushed to page six, and the players was page one, and I thought, that, maybe that's not right, but that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, very good. So, yeah, yeah, that's nice. yeah, yeah. they support us yeah. a lot. Yeah, they like what we do. Yeah. Now, Ashley, what about this venue? I mean, I am mm. absolutely convinced <laughs> that this church is, the, that it's the most beautiful church interior in London. I, I mean... I've fallen in love with it, and it takes my breath away every time I... You do your tours here, don't you? Yeah. Well, it, it ends. The, the it walking ends. tour ends yeah. here. Yeah. What a place uh, <laughs> For years, I just stood outside, and then, you know, one day I thought, no, I'm going to go in there. And I, it's just, it's just wonderful. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, well, I said to you earlier today, I, I think this is more beautiful than any, any theater interior. <laughs> So what about all of that? I mean, it must be great to work in this atmosphere. It is. You know, it's uh, that's a great question because, you know, in any Amdram company, charity or otherwise, there's always the, the there's always an issue of rehearsal space and um, where can I put my show on? Now, for the players, um, you know, obviously Sue and her partner back, back in 76, um, they're actually parishioners of the church. And they, uh, they're the ones that pushed for to drama to be here, as I mentioned earlier. And they, uh, because they're obviously parishioners and they had that clout and that, that you know, level of respect with the church and the clergy, they really were enthusiastic about starting a, allowing a drama group to start here yeah. and really supported us. Yeah. Um, gave us lots of space to put our, our costumes right where we are here in the crypt underneath there's a park called the Undercroft which has still got set going back from about 20 years ago yeah, which we yeah. do need to cut around, yeah. sort out but anyway it, you know they give us all this wonderful support um, and, and yeah and, and, and you know the relationship of now nearly 50 years with the church um, we, you know, even like I mentioned, even some of our committee members are actual, they go to church regularly here as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's always, always, uh, for us, it, it, it's being respectful to the church and, and not obviously it, like, you know, doing important services that they have. We don't interrupt that. We don't have our props out on display. You know, we're very respectful of that. And in return, they're very, very supporting of us. Um, and you know to be able to perform David honestly in a grade one listed building um, that is as you say it is absolutely stunning mm. um, what a backdrop I mean can you imagine that when we did The Sound of Music in 2019 and the opening scene is in the, the Abbey and we had specific lights and all the pews and we even had the vicar at that time was in the show the clergy do get involved in our show sometimes <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yeah we've had, we've, had, we've had vicars over the years being our, many of our musical productions because yeah. they obviously love to sing yeah. Um, but yeah and they, you know, can you imagine what that looked like so for, from us yeah it's just 
It's interesting because you're right. Some theatres are, you know, they're a blank canvas before you start. But here, I mean, in quick example, David, we've got an embassy ball scene, which hopefully everyone can come and enjoy. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> initially some, some of our backstage crew were like, oh, we've got to recreate a ball we've got to show off you know maybe we need to make a chandelier maybe a beautiful backdrop I'm like actually I don't know what you're talking about just take a look around at the church there's a beautiful golden chandelier there yeah. uh, it's it's grand it's you know it's beautiful so we were like yeah let's just ex- let's just light that up yeah, let's yeah. let that do the talking so you know we that that's one of the scenes we're just going to keep it as is and yeah. people are going to be able to see that I mean, we've made some candelabras to go on yeah. the side of the stage yeah. but you know that 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 will be the focal point. That yeah. scene, you know, so yeah, you're right. We're we're very blessed to have this. Yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be in, in the finery of this wonderful music. I mean, musical. It's, uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to. It. What about a mm. practical matter? Mm. Um, uh, will there be drinks and condiments and things like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm funny you brought that up actually. So in. Um, there will be a bar, as uh-huh. there always is. With the Hampstead players, we've traditionally sold soft drinks and wine uh-huh. and waters um, at a very, very good rate, may I? <laughs> uh, but it all goes to the to the charity, so it's fine. But um, this particular performance, uh, considering the the setting, I asked our front of house management team if we could introduce some, like a traditional London ale. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be great because you've got Alfred Doolittle and those that, that know that My Fair Lady of course uh, is an avid an avid drinker bless him uh, very great part but anyway um, I thought that would be great and I thought if we did that let's take it one step further and call it Alpha's Ale <laughs> <laughs> you know, so people, yeah, very nice <laughs> they're like oh wow. so we bought we bought some some ales and we've relabeled and that's uh, uh, oh, very yeah, good yeah and now everyone can purchase an Alpha's Ale yeah. <laughs> in that, the interval of before yeah. the show starts yeah. there you go <laughs> when, when did you start rehearsing it then yeah so um, re- actual first rehearsal was the first Friday the 1st of September I know and we had we had yeah in the church we had Aidan the musical director playing the piano and Raphael Papo playing the violin for us which again we're very blessed to have the both of them for that and it was more of uh, everyone sat down it's, it's tradition in the hamster players um, that we have what's called a read through as I'm sure a lot of drama groups do. So, you know, everyone sits down and, you know, and, you know, we, we, all, we all grab a drink and we just go through reading through and acting and singing while sitting down or some standing up if they like throughout the whole show just to get familiar with that. Um, so we, we did that. They're playing the music. And it's great because, um, as you can imagine, we had three different stages of, of auditions. So not all of the cast saw each other when they're eventually casted in the production, uh-huh. of course. So they don't they didn't necessarily know a, a exactly, even though they see the names with the rehearsal schedule, they don't maybe some don't know each other. Um, B, they don't know what they're capable of. And when we sat down with our Eliza, um, and may I add our Eliza is actually from America, she's from San Diego, but she's been in she's done a lot of she's done musical theatre productions all of her life. And her English accent is impeccable. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, if Laura Ambrose in Broadway can do it with My Fair Lady, so can our Caroline Leslie, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so she's, she's uh, incredible. And our, our, our um, funny enough, our, our Henry Higgins um, is actually a, he's, a, he's assigned to a record label as, as an actual musician, he's a rock star, really. Huh. Um, but he's been acting all his life, and his family are from, uh, his dad's from Rada. 
Um, so he has those sort of ties to that. And so, yeah, everyone just got to basically see everyone's ability during that first, that first read through. Anyways. Are you aware, is your company aware, that in the Annex Churchyard over there, uh, Beerbohm Tree, who was yeah. maybe the most famous uh, character actor of the 19th century, but mm. he's perhaps even better known for founding Rada. No, really? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, and I've been here for four years in this group and I should have done my reason. Well, this is, this is the kind of thing that a guy well, you, would know. You know that, you know yeah, that, yeah. yeah. If yeah. anyone would know, you would know. Yeah, you know but that, that's, that's a neat connection. Yeah. That's amazing. So, um, you, so that's really three months of rehearsal. Three months of rehearsal. And an absolute labor of love. What happens to you? It's four performances. I'm worried about you psychologically. Yeah. You know, Thursday, Friday, then two on Saturday, and then is how do we how do you cope with that? I know you know a lot of the cast say that as well. They're like all of because everyone we're we're doing three four days a week rehearsing. Yeah, um, and, and in the last two weeks, nearly every day with a couple of breaks. And you're right; they all say all of this work for four shows. Yeah. But actually, you know, it's going to be, they, they always say we're going to give it the best four shows that we can. Fantastic. And then, you know, and, and, and that's the love of Amdrum, isn't it? It's, it's all the work, all the passion, all the love that you have for the, the, you know, the show to just be able to then do the four performances. They're giving everything they've got. Um, so including our Freddie. Our Freddie's got an, an opera background. Uh -huh. um, and he's, he's an incredible singer. So on the street where you live, guys, you know, look out for that number. <laughs> How are the ticket sales going? Tickets are going all, all, all right. I, th I think we're, we're definitely into the, into the approaching the mid-hundreds. Yeah. But, you know, from us guys, um, get those tickets in. It's not it's going to, yeah, don't miss out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah we're, doing, we're, do we're doing okay. What's the capacity? What would be a sellout uh, house Ooh. for you? This, this is, by the way, this is my associate director, Shireen Abdallah. Sorry, everyone, Hi, she's coming. Nice to meet you. Um, yes, so for Sound of Music, we had um, 950 people coming in, so we had to open up the galleries at the top. Oh, did you? Yes. Fantastic. Yes, yes, so that was wonderful. Yeah, and that was, the, was sorry, was that a year ago or something? 2019, we slipped just under the, the yeah. wire with yeah. the, the COVID, so we were very lucky with yeah. that. Yes. You know what? Well, there are many things that appeal about this that appeal to me. But one, just thinking in terms of the, a lot of the people who were, they're not all tourists. We get a lot of Londoners, a lot of Brits oh, going no, on okay. these walking tours. But I often think that, especially tourists, they're in a sort of bubble. Mm. Um, you know, they go to the West End, they go to West End shows, they go to the museums that, and the galleries that you'd expect them to go to. And then they're in their hotel and there's sort of never really any quote-unquote native people. You know, it's Portuguese on the desk. And, and you know, I'm, this is the most cosmopolitan city in the world, and I'm That's all true, in favor yeah. of this. But they're not, I get the, I have this sense, I've never stayed in a London hotel, so I don't know for sure, sure. but that they're not meeting locals. Yeah. And I think one way of maybe breaking out of, out of the bubble is to come to something like this. Yeah. <laughs> It's just ever so slightly, you know, they'll be seated next to a local and yeah, they'll, they'll it, be watching. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got, we've, you know, this is a great area for people, if, if, especially if you are visiting on holiday or friends that are here, family that maybe live, you know, whatever the reason you're coming to this, this wonderful city that we, yeah. we all love. Um, you know, in this particular area, as I'm sure lots, we all know, and I'm sure lots of people know, there are some fabuli, f fabulous um, uh, gifted actors and singers uh, and, and general people, you know, in, in the performing arts industry that live here. 
Uh-huh. You know, Ricky Gervais is just behind this church. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, uh, so if you come in this area, there's a good chance you're going to see somebody that you that maybe you follow and you're a fan of, perhaps. Uh-huh. But also, you're right. It's your chance just to come into uh, somewhere off of off of the West End, or uh, you know, away from all of um, the, the the more populated areas where people want to see. Which I get. You know, you come here, you want to see Buckingham Palace and other areas. But yeah, absolutely, if you can come here in a community where everyone's just really lovely and we doing this for you know we're supporting each other and you get to see uh, as you said a show that yes we are Andrew but mm. our standards are always very high mm. so you come and you will be entertained mm. actually my father's from Essex um, so not too far to be fair but when he comes to to, to watch my shows um, you know the last one he saw when I was in the Sound of Music he said you know I paid £12.50 for my ticket, my dad said, and do you know what? I would have paid thirty, forty pounds exactly. Um, and 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 that's exactly it, it's, it's all about. that's yeah. I mean, that is another consideration. I mean, <laughs> twelve pounds is nothing. No, <laughs> I think yeah. that's a lovely point that you make about a bubble because yeah. London is like lots of little villages, and um, even though it's a beautiful building and it's a mm. large building and and imposing, but there is that there, that that. That intimacy and the connection and sitting with the audience and it, it is it, it is yeah, lovely yeah. the connection with the um with the with the group but also the connection with with the um with the church which has been the house of worship and um, a very open and um, yeah. welcoming place so yes it, I've it's, often it's, felt this that the tourists come here and they don't actually meet any locals mm, <laughs> um, and there's a lot to be said for that. There, yeah. <laughs> Yes. You know you're right because yes. when you when you come in and uh, you you where you end your tours here of course and people see the church um, you're right more often than not the people that are in there are actually parishioners or they are working with the church in some capacity yeah. and they have they are busy they're preparing yeah. for the next um, uh, ceremony or service um, and they don't have the time to 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 talk but I know Gaynor uh, Bassett Fish who's involved in our production on uh, managing lighting and sound for us along with Matt Williams our chair who programmed it all anyway she she deals with a lot of the dressing of stages for uh, for well the dressing of the church doesn't she yes she has a role she, it, yes she has a role yes she was talking actually mm. with some people in your I don't know if it's your group when when you pretty much ended your tour yeah. they they because they knew that she weren't they started asking her some questions she was very open to talk to them exactly. so guys if you come on one of David's tours or you just come and visit the church just speak to us because yeah. we don't bite we yeah yeah, to yeah, talk. yeah. <laughs> no they, I would I would say that you know yeah they're busy but they're always welcoming they're always friendly they're, they're really terrific um, bless you Oh, it's so. true it's true it's true because we we joined um the players the players had some very long-standing members and when we joined um we were welcomed and to be able to have this opportunity and to be able to to mm. work and, and to be able to, to bring something like this so it's really lovely yeah. it really is yeah. and i like what you said it's true when it, when, whenever you go on holiday it's always the small conversations you have that you remember and the little places you find mm. off the beaten track. And that's what makes it really special. And, and it's sort of like little bits of magical mm. because that's the wonderful way of, of, of learning about a place and peeking behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is true. Yeah. 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 Well, we've talked for nearly 40 minutes does <laughs> <laughs> time fly when you're having fun David <laughs> and it's, it's been great so thank you very very much give us again the uh, 
uh, you know, let's just review the business that you said right at the beginning. It's going to open. I, I want the URL, uh, <laughs> how, how they get here, definitely, et cetera, et cetera. Thank so you, David. Over to you. Yeah, yeah, say it again. Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, so all you, all you lovely listeners, um, our production of My Fair Lady, presented by the Hampstead Players, is Learner in Lowe's production. It's adapted from George Bernard Shaw's play of um, Gabriel Pascal's motion picture of Pygmalion. And the original production was directed and staged by Moss Hart. Um, this amateur production has been uh, in a range of Musical Theatre International um, and all authorised performance materials uh, have also have been supplied by MTI. And that's the credits out of the way. And the uh, production performance runs themselves on this Thursday, the 30th of November. Doors open at 7pm um, and the show starts at 7.30. Same for Friday, the 1st of December. Saturday the 2nd, there's a matinee. Doors open at 2, show starts at half 2. And the same for Saturday night, doors open at 7, starts at half 7. As David mentioned earlier at the beginning, you can certainly turn up um, and chance your luck and try and get a, a ticket on the door. Our advice, if you can, in advance, get yourself a ticket online. Um, and the best website is www.hamsterplayers.org.uk. And on the front page, the home page, you will see a little ticket source logo. Make sure you click on that and um, purchase your tickets from there. Or if I may, um, for those that are, are avid on their social media, um, we are the, the Hampstead Players on Instagram. The ticket link is always in our bio. Um, or we are uh, the Hampstead Players on Facebook and same story. And, and if you do follow us on social media, you can you can actually get insights into rehearsals and all the work that's gone on, glimpses of the set. Um, so yeah, check us out. And, and one last vitally yeah. important question, sure. Ashley. Where are the doors and how do they get to the yeah, doors? how do you get to this place? Um, where, where, where is the venue? Where is the venue? So the venue is the Hampstead Parish Church. St. John's. Uh, St. John's. Uh, the, 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 if you're coming by train, I would suggest you go to Hampstead Tube Station on the Northern Line, which is the Black Line. Um, and if you are coming from buses, there's the 46. Uh, I believe there is the 214. 268 268 sorry 268 that goes towards Old Kent Road you're right back in um, uh, yeah or it's it's uh, yeah it's not it's not too far from surrounding areas like Golders Green Kentish Town Camden Town and Chalk Farm yeah well, that's fantastic thank you both very much indeed thank you you've been listening to This Is London the London Walks podcast emanating from www.walks.com home of London Walks, London's signature walking tour company, London's local, time-honored, fiercely independent, family-owned, just the right size walking tour company. And as long as we're at it, London's multi-award-winning walking tour company, indeed, London's only award-winning walking tour company. And here's the secret. London Walks is essentially run as a guides cooperative. That's the key to everything. It's the reason we're able to attract and keep the best guides in London. You can get schlubbers to do this for 20 pounds a walk, but you cannot get world-class guides, let alone accomplished professionals. It's not rocket science. You get what you pay for. And just as surely, you also get what you don't pay for. 
Back in 1968, when we got started, we quickly came to a fork in the road. We had to answer a searching question. Do we want to make the most money? Or do we want to be the best walking tour company in the world? You want to make the most money, you go the schlubber's route. You want to be the best walking tour company on the planet. You do whatever you have to do to attract and keep the best guides in London. You want them guiding for you, not for somebody else. Bears repeating, the way we're structured, a guides cooperative, is the key to the whole thing. It's the reason for all those awards. It's the reason people who know go with London Walks. It's the reason we've got a big following, a lively, loyal, discerning following. Quality attracts quality. It's the reason we're able, uniquely, to front our walks with accomplished, in many cases, distinguished professionals. By way of example, Stuart Purvis, the former editor and subsequently CEO of Independent Television News, and Lisa Honan, who had a distinguished career as a diplomat. Lisa was the governor of St. Helena, the island where Napoleon breathed his last and, some say, had his penis amputated. Napoleon didn't feel a thing, if things the most used. He was dead. Stuart and Lisa, both of them CBEs, are just a couple of our headline acts. Or take our Ripper Walk. It's the creation of the world's leading expert on Jack the Ripper, Donald Rumbelow, the author of the definitive book on the subject. Britain's most distinguished crime historian, Donald is, in the words of the Jack the Ripper A to Z, internationally recognized as the leading authority on Jack the Ripper. Donald's emeritus now, but he's still the guiding light on our Ripper Walk. He curates the walk. He trains up and mentors our Ripper Walk guides, fields any and all questions they throw at him. The London Walk's all-star team of guides includes a former London mayor. It includes the former chief music critic for the Evening Standard. It includes the chair of the Association of Professional Tour Guides and the former chair of the Guild of Guides. It includes barristers, doctors, geologists, museum curators, university professors, criminal defense lawyers, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, a bevy of MVPs, Oscar winners, people who've won the big one, the Guide of the Year Award. Well, you get the idea. As that travel writer famously put it, if this were a golf tournament, every name on the leaderboard would be a London Walks guide. And as we put it, London Walks guides make the new familiar and the familiar new. And on that agreeable note, come then, let us go forward together on some great London walks. And that's by way of saying, good walking and good Londoning, one and all. See you next time. <laughs>